All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today on the eve of training camp, we're going to talk about the four Falcon players that will not be participating in the first day of practice, as well as answering your leftover listener questions, including whether Matt Ryan is a Hall of Famer. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcfans.com, RIP. Still going strong, however, on Twitter at Falcfans, and of course, the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And here on the Locked On Podcast Network, of course, tonight is the NBA draft. And you guys can check out the live show featuring NBA draft goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA draft host Raphael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales live at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Just search for the Locked On NBA show on the YouTube channel and you will check out the Locked On NBA Draft 2021 show brought to you by Bill Barr. So on today's episode of Locked On Falcons, I'll be talking about the players that went on the reserve COVID-19 list, including Dante Fowler, the three players, and Matt Gano, Kayla McGarry, and Deidre Sinat that went on the PUP list, the physically unable to perform list. And we'll get into the nitty gritty of sort of what that PUP list actually means and what all that stuff means uh, coming up on today. And then, of course, we will get into some of the leftover mailbag questions that I did not get to on yesterday's episode. And those questions include sort of people that were my role models growing up in terms of inspiring me to get into the thing that I'm doing now right now, talking to you on the podcast. We'll talk about, you know, I guess people want my opinion on the Braves name change controversy or whatever the case may be. Um, and uh, we'll spend the bulk of today's episode taking a deeper look at whether or not Matt Ryan uh, will ultimately find himself as a hall of famer uh, in the future down the road. So those are the main topics on today's episode as we gear up for training camp or today, as most of you are listening with the first practices. And so of course, tomorrow we'll be back to get the recap on day one of training camp. But, uh, um, without further ado, let's talk about the news of Wednesday in which the Falcons made four roster moves. Uh, they added a fifth player to their reserve COVID-19 lists with edge rusher Dante Fowler. And yesterday, of course, they put Lee Smith, Kobe Jones, Willie Wright, and John Atkins on the reserve COVID-19 list. And we don't know whether or not these players tested positive, but, you know, according to various reports, only three out of the 37 combined players in the NFL over the last two days that have been put on the reserve COVID-19 uh, list uh, were due to contact tracing. So 34 out of 37, over 90% of these guys um, were t- tested positive. And so that probably means a very high probability that all five of these players for the Falcons did test positive. And we don't know if any of these players are vaccinated, presumably, even if they were vaxxed, you know, they should in theory recover faster. Uh, last year, the average time that a Falcon player spent on the reserve COVID list was about nine and a half days. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we will, 
we'll see these players re- recover sooner than that. And they'll be back to practice next week, uh, as early as next week. And of course, you know, Fowler is notable because he spent 11 days on the reserve COVID-19 list last November. And, you know, I'm not going to necessarily sit here and pretend to be an expert on antibodies and how long these last and whatever the case may be. But we know you can still test positive for COVID, whether you've caught it uh, previously or you have the vaccine. So it is uh, going to continue to be an issue moving forward for the Falcons uh, and the players, as well as other players around the NFL. So uh, moving on to today's further news, um, we got that the Falcons, we were kind of waiting for this uh, this week uh, where the Falcons would put certain players on the List. They put three players on the active pup list today. That was Matt Gano, Caleb McGarry, and Deidre Sinat. And we'll talk about what that means for each of those players in a second. But let's just sort of break down what the pup list is and isn't. And there are basically two types of pup lists. The one that most people are probably familiar with is the reserve pup list, which basically is for players in the regular season. It means that they'll list, miss at least the first six games of the regular season before they're eligible to come back from an injury. And then the other one is the active pup list, which is basically the training camp version of it and basically it means that a player is healthy not healthy enough to practice at the start of training camp and there is some nuance there like you know if you have a injury a football related or non-football related injury if you get hurt say during the offseason playing basketball or water skiing then you'll wind up on the non-football injury list heading into training camp but if you say get hurt during OTAs or weightlifting or you know, in practice or whatever the case may be, then you become eligible for the pop list that physically unable to perform list. Cause it's due to football related injuries. And the, the important thing to remember is that going on the active pup list, you know, at the start of training camp means that you're eligible to go on the reserve pup list at the start of the regular season. And you basically can't put a player on the pup list after the team has practiced. So it happens on the first day of training camp after players report. Let's just talk about the individuals in Matt Gano. And, and this was a player that we've been talking about for several days and weeks now that the expectation was that he would potentially start this summer on the pup list. And, you know, according to D Orlando led better, a boy at the AJC, you know, he was, uh, showed up in camp earlier this week with a neck brace on. And so I guess that tells us that his undisclosed injuries slash surgery that he had this off season was a neck or spinal injury. And hopefully it's nothing serious, but obviously you can't help but think and be concerned in a collision sport like football. Uh, if, and when a player has a neck injury, that that is something to be concerned about, but uh, hopefully we'll get an, a further update on that soon and, and get sort of the degree of what that injury is like. Um, but, you know, we talked about Gano's status leading to the Falcons picking up Jason Spriggs uh, at the beginning of this week. Um, but we know that the Falcons have additional issues at the right tackle position with Kayla McGarry also going on the pop list. And McGarry did miss time during OTAs. And I never heard the exact reason why. I remember seeing at some point in late May, early June that Gano was getting some of those first team reps at right tackle before his injury. Um, due to McGarry's absence. But my recollection at those times was that those reports came out when McGarry, during the voluntary phase of, of uh, workouts. And so I just sort of assumed at the time, like, oh, McGarry's probably at home doing work on his own or something like that, or has some other reason why he's not in Atlanta and it's not because of an injury. But obviously going back and, and looking back and using hindsight and going back and looking at those initial reports, you know, Apparently he had an undisclosed injury. I, I couldn't find any details on what type of injury he has had, you know, and that's 
probably going to remain an issue where we're going to just talk about these undisclosed injuries because, you know, Arthur Smith was not particularly forthcoming. I'm not blaming him or anything, but he wasn't particularly forthcoming with details of basically, oh, yeah, he's dealing with a foot thing and he's going to be out for a while. You know, I think it's as simple as that. But, you know, he he likes to say, oh, everybody's in a different phase of of the offseason and blah, blah, blah. blah, You know, okay, I do feel some type of way about it. So let me be honest with you. Um, So obviously that now means that the Falcons are down their two top options at right tackle. You know, with Gano being their swing tackle, we kind of expected that. But now with McGarry, we we saw, you know, in June, I think in the mandatory minicamp, Jalen Mayfield was taking those reps, those starting reps at right tackle. Um, and we'll see if he continues to play that position or the Falcons will insert Spriggs now uh, and give him those first team reps as long as McGarry and Gano are out of the lineup because obviously the question is going to be where does Jalen Mayfield fit in this scenario? And he's the primary challenger, we presume, for Josh Andrews um, at the starting left guard spot. And if he's taking snaps at right tackle, then, you know, who's really pushing Josh Andrews for that left guard spot? And, you know, depending on how long uh, players like particularly McGarry is out, because, again, we're assuming that Gano is going to be out for a, a, a indefinite amount of time. But that could certainly have a major impact. You know, if if Mayfield spends the next two weeks playing right tackle because McGarry's out in the lineup, um, you know, that pretty much is probably going to end really much of any chance of him wind up winning the left guard starting spot unless, you know, Andrews pulls a tie Sambrello is in the disaster like we saw in 2019 where Sambrello was so bad in that Jets preseason game. The Falcons were like, oh, get Caleb McGarry first practice. Let him be the start. He he handled his, his self in the first practice, so he, he'll start get, getting those starting reps. So we'll see how that whole plays out. Obviously, the third player being Deidre Sonat. And we talked about Deidre Sonat even before these injury concerns being potentially on the roster bubble. And obviously, any time he misses in training camp is not going to help his cause in terms of making the roster. And, you know, this doesn't necessarily have a huge impact on, uh, at least on my outlook on the training camp battles. Because, again, if you listen to my episode on Tuesday, I believe, where I did my 53-man roster prediction, I did not have Deidre Sonat making the team. So, you know, maybe it now enhances Chris Slayton's ability to get some of those third-team reps that I assume Deidre Sonat would have been getting along the defensive line. And maybe he increases his chances of making the team or making the practice squad. So we'll see how that goes. So um, of these three players, for now, until we get an update on McGarry and Sonat and sort of the extent of their injuries, you know, Gano's probably the only one I'm overly concerned about uh again you know you can be on the pup list for a day that's kind of how it works um but you know with gano because it seems like because of the ambiguous reports about you know how long he's going to be out and we don't know you know some people said it was the season some people said it's not the season but they didn't say for how long you know it made it sound like well it's not going to be six months he's going to be out is you know but is it going to be four you know so that's really sort of up in the air at this point in time so i would guess that Gano is at least of these three based off of the limited information that we have right now is probably the most likely guy that might wind up going on the reserve pup list to start the season, which will mean he'll miss at least the first six games of the regular season. And hopefully, you know, in McGarry and Sonat's case, it just keeps him out of practice for a couple of days, but we'll see how that goes. You know, I would not necessarily overreact to this news and be like, Oh no, this is terrible. The Falcons, you know, everything's, you know, I've seen some uh, overreactions on, on Twitter and I would just say, like, pump the brakes. Like, let's get some information first before we overreact to this news. You know, if they say Kayla McGarry is going to miss the next three months. OK, and then, then you can overreact to that. But uh, until you get that type of news, then, you know, I would say relax. Um, 
So we'll leave it at that and we'll move on and continue today's Locked on Falcons episode by getting into the unanswered listener questions that were sent in earlier this week, including starting things off with who are going to be the people that were inspirations to me in my youth to lead me into this job that I currently have as the host of the Locked on Falcons podcast. And we'll get into that coming up on today's episode. But of course, I do want to plug the NBA side of the Locked on Podcast Network, where you find a daily podcast devoted to your favorite NBA team, including the Atlanta Hawks. Check out the Locked on Hawks podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, want to give another plug to the live NBA draft 2021 show tonight on YouTube. Again, search for Locked on NBA on YouTube and you can Watch live coverage from the hosts of all those daily uh, NBA podcasts, in addition to Chad Ford and Rafael Barlow and John Corrales uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. So today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Now with ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that your car needs. Why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer when you already have your computer with access to rockauto.com or a computer in your pocket, which is your phone. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. You'll spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you order from a chain store or a car dealership. Meanwhile, rockauto.com's prices are always reliably low for every customer. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website yourself today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the, how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. So our first question comes from chill vibes at catch chill vibes on Twitter. He asks, what up? Who inspired you or who did you grow up admiring in the sports coverage universe? For example, I love Stuart Scott and Mark Albert growing up. And I'm assuming you mean Marv Albert. Cause I, believe Mark Albert is like a Canadian hockey player or something like that. I don't know. Um, but you know, I've never really been big on role models. My parents were always my role models, but you know, the word admire may be a little bit tad strong, but you know, not to get into semantics, but I guess growing up for me in Virginia, you know, I didn't know that many Falcon fans. So when my family first got their first computer in the late nineties and we got internet access with it, I started connecting with Falcon fans via message boards. And in 1998, I discovered the Falcons roost uh, at falconsroost.com and became a regular posting there for many years. Um, but there was a poster there at that time named Mike Shireen. And there were a lot of people that thought of him, including myself as a very knowledgeable person and, and always sought his opinions on various things. And, and he was highly respected by most, most folks. And, you know, I'm not sure if this exact memory is exactly accurate, but uh, like I recall people asking him, you know, after that 98 draft, like what was his opinions on, you know, Tim Dwight um, and him sort of giving his opinion on that. And while that sort of seems mundane today, you know, you know, at least in my experience as a very impressionable 15 year old in the early days of the Internet, you know, it was kind of like, wait, there people want somebody else's opinion in relation to a draft prospect that isn't Mel Kuyper or, or Joel Buxbaum, you know, that's crazy. Um, and so that kind of inspired me. And I kind of always strove to be the person that, you know, people respected their knowledge and, and opinion about football and that they would turn to for answers. And, um, you know, essentially it would be like, 
you know, Aaron, what do you think about this? You know, similar to what we're doing today. Right. Uh, and I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. You know, I have spoken and that type of respect and whatnot. So I've always sort of strived to, to have that type of respect within the community and whatnot within the fan base. And I, I imagine that goal and that effort, that desire, you know, was a contributing factor to me starting up a website, you know, the following year in 1999 that would eventually be grow into falfans.com and eventually put me on the path to doing this podcast today. And, um, you know, now I'm at a point where I can somewhat support myself, uh, earn a living in doing this podcast, uh, while particularly in a year where a lot of people were out of work. And so certainly, um, thanks to, um, you know, Mike Shireen, you know, I'd also like to thank the, the advertisers of the Locked On Falcons podcast and, and those that support the Locked On Podcast Network. So if you happen to be, you know, one of those listeners that thinks, hey, man, there's too many ads on the show. You know, those complaints are, are definitely going to fall on deaf ears, at least as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, and depending on how long winded I am in a particular episode, you know, you're getting about six to eight minutes of, of premium you know, illustrious content on this show for every minute of advertising you're getting, which is, you know, over two times as much as what you would get on a television show. So if you're, you know, the type of person that's like, I'm tired of these ads, grandpa. And I'm like, it's too damn bad, you know? So, uh, let's move on to catch chill vibes and chill catch vibes. I'm sorry. His next question. And he asks, if you could pick two co-hosts to join you, talk, join you to talk NFC South football on a daily hour long show, who would they be? And, you know, right now I, I produce on average about three hours of content a week, you know, five days a week doing a daily show. So if I did an hour long daily show, that would need to increase, add on another two hours of talking. So I would probably enjoy talking to people that I like and respect. And, you know, maybe it seems like a cop out, but I probably, if I'm doing NFC South stuff, I'd probably just pick two of my NFC South co-hosts here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'd probably, you know, Lockdown Saints host, Ross Jackson would probably be one of them. And, you know, between the other three hosts in this division, you know, Julian Council's kind of new at Lockdown Panthers. And, you know, I like Julian, but I only have really worked with him for a couple of months. And, you know, I've worked for guys like David Harrison and James Yarko, Lockdown Bucks for, for several years. So I probably wind up picking one of those two at this point in time. But, you know, any two of those guys would be great. You know, I could work with any two of those guys and we could talk for five hours a week. Uh, about NFC South stuff. Um, Brandon Rogers at brand Raj on Twitter asks if the Braves did a name change, what would you like them to change it to now? Um, I'm probably not the best person to ask this question. Cause you know, I really haven't paid attention to baseball in like 25 years. Um, but you know, I don't necessarily think the Braves need to change their name. You know, I just think they kind of need to get rid of the native American iconography and, and get rid of the Tomahawk chop. If you ask me now, you know, I look at a team name like the Redskins as a slur, you know, I get the Indians changing their name to the, the Cleveland Guardians. That makes absolute sense to me as well. Um, you know, it's just for me, it's always been, you know, my stance on all the sort of Native American um, indigenous people's nicknames for sports mascot has always been weird to me because particularly in, in, in countries like United States and Canada is because, you know, they did some terrible things to the Native Americans over the last, you know, 400 years. Um, and now to, to be like, oh, we're honoring these people by making them nicknames of sports teams and mascots and whatnot is is very weird. And, you know, particularly in a state like Georgia, uh, given that state's history and involvement in the sort of trail of tears, 
you know, kind of makes the whole notion of like, we're honoring native Americans. Like it's a little dubious, right? You know, and obviously you're not necessarily guilty of your ancestors sins or, or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I feel like you got to do a little bit more than honoring somebody by having them as your mascot or whatever. You know, if, if you really want to honor native Americans, you know, maybe the Braves, you know, you keep the logo, keep the chop, but you know, maybe take 10% of the Braves half a billion dollars in, in annual income and revenue and, you know, distribute that to the various tribes that, you know, currently live in, you know, a lot of people live in abject poverty on these reservations throughout the country. Or, or you can just change the logo, stop doing the chopping. You can probably wind up keeping your money. So that's my opinion on that. You know, maybe I hope, you know, I hope brave fans don't come for me for that, but uh, we'll move on to Quincy Barnhill's question. He asks, why Aaron, why can't we have nice things? Um, because we're Falcon fans and we decided as adults to commit the decisions that we made as children, most of us at least, which is, you know, something that we don't do in, uh, pretty much any other walk of life, but for some insipid reason, we think it's necessary when it comes to sports fandom. That's why. So, you know, blame your eight year, you know, I don't know when you started rooting for the Falcons. I started rooting for the Falcons when I was eight years old. So anytime I get mad at the Falcons, I just blame my eight year old self for committing, making the commitment. I'm like, I'm never, I'm going to root for the Falcons for the rest of my life. Because some adult told me that I'm not allowed to change teams anymore. I'm like, okay, you know, thanks, eight-year-old gullible Aaron. Appreciate it. You've made my life miserable for the last 30 years. <laughs> All right, guys. We will move on and talk about Matt Ryan's Hall of Fame status coming up to wrap up today's Locked On Falcons Q&A episode. But before we get there, guys, I want to let you know about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online gives you the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Of course, there's no time like now to get started at Bet Online. The NFL season is upcoming. You got the Summer Olympics going on, and of course, baseball season is in full swing. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, including Calvin Ridley leading the NFL in receiving yards, Kyle Pitts' potential to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. You know, I don't think they have a prop on Matt Ryan's Hall of Fame future quite yet, but we might be getting there soon. And to take advantage of those unique offers, of course, you can head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKED on you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So Hunter J Barlow at Jimmy 33, 51, 80, 61 on Twitter asks: is Matt Ryan, a hall of famer. Will I be going to Canton to watch his speech? Maybe. Um, you know, I feel like back in 2019, I was asked a similar question. I think at the time I said like, oh, I think Matt Ryan's chances of making the Hall of Famer like 78% um, back then. And, you know, I don't think that as that number is as high as I thought then, especially coming off of two lackluster seasons for Matt Ryan. Um, and probably now it's more like 58%. Um, you know, you look at pro football references, Hall of Fame monitor, which is a metric that they've designed to estimate a player's chances of making the Hall of Fame. You know, they put him at just below what an average Hall of Fame quarterback is, which doesn't mean that he has a below average chance. It just means that his career so far represents slightly below what the average Hall of Fame quarterback's career has based off of their various metrics that they've come up with. So he's right below where Bart Starr is. He's right above people like Terry Bradshaw and, and Roger Staubach. And that puts him right around the same point that guys like Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger have in terms of their chances based off of pro football reference. So, 
I think that indicates that Matt Ryan does have a good shot. I think, you know, the more relevant the Falcons are for the next couple of years should absolutely help his chances. If not, then it may be a lot more up in the air in terms of his chances of getting in. So let's say Matt Ryan plays another five years, including this season uh, before he decides to hang up the cleats. And let's say the Falcons or whichever team Matt Ryan plays for, you know, only makes the playoffs for two out of those five years. That would mean that when, you know, Matt Ryan retires after 18 NFL seasons, his teams would have only made the playoffs about eight times, which is not terrible compared to maybe some other quarterbacks and some other sort of borderline quarterbacks, you know, a guy like Boomer Esiason, I think only made the playoffs like three times in his NFL career um, as a starter. So that's not terrible by any means, but you know, who knows how that will look, you know, having more non-playoff seasons than playoff seasons by the time we get to say 2030, when presumably, you know, Matt Ryan will be first eligible to be a hall of famer. And I think in a scenario where the Falcons, you know, instead go to the playoffs like four out of the next five years and hopefully are a legit Super Bowl contender, meaning that they make the NFC championship or, or further for at least one of those years. I think that would much do much well to enhance Matt Ryan's career, which would mean, you know, obviously in that case, the majority of his, you know, 18 seasons, uh, the Falcons were a playoff team and, and certainly several shots at the Super Bowl, you know, with at that point three uh, NFC title, uh, appearances. Um, and you know, that I think would be a much better resume than the alternative, uh, in this case. But I think the real issue here is we don't really know what the world is going to look like come 2030 when this conversation is really going to be happening in earnest. You know, that's a long way away. And, you know, where Matt Ryan's career is now, by the time we get to 2030, you're going to have players like Jerry Goff and Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield at roughly the same age that Matt Ryan is today. And the point being, depending on how those quarterbacks age, you know, could wind up affecting how people view Matt Ryan's career, as well as several other of his contemporaries like Rivers, Roethlisberger, you know, because we just don't have that many quarterbacks that were able to play at a relatively high level late into their 30s and into their 40s, like Rivers and Roethlisberger and Breeze and Brady and, and, and Rodgers and, and Peyton Manning, et cetera. Um, you know, as of today in, in 2021, we just don't have a huge sample size of quarterbacks that played a lot of football after the age of 36, you know, especially if we're imagining Matt Ryan's going to play another five good years as a starter. Let's assume over those five seasons, Matt Ryan starts at least a total of 75 games right now. There's only been four quarterbacks in NFL history that have started at least 75 games after the age of 36, which is Matt Ryan's age today. That's Tom Brady, that's Brett Favre, that's Warren Moon, and Drew Brees. Three of those guys are in the Hall of Fame, and Brees is basically a virtual lock to be in the Hall of Fame. But by the time we get to 2030, you know, we might have a lot more players that have played beyond the age of 36. And in that regard, you know, how good is Matt Ryan going to look, you know, these last five years of Matt Ryan's career, how are they going to look compared to, you know, other quarterbacks last, you know, 36 age 36 plus seasons. That's going to be a factor in addition to how, you know, the first 13 years of Matt Ryan's career compared to the first 13 years of several other quarterbacks are, you know, and then we're going to also have the context of like, you know, how good are some of these young quarterbacks that we think are going to be the next big thing? How well are these guys going to age? And how does that affect uh, Matt Ryan's career? Cause these guys, you know, over the next decade or so are going to be, you know, approaching a point comparable to Matt Ryan now, in, you know, entering year 14 and whatnot, where players like Joe Burrow and, and Lamar Jackson and, and Josh, 
Josh Allen and whatnot are going to be in their early to mid thirties. And, you know, could they go the way of players like Cam Newton and Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco that did not age particularly well, you know, into their thirties and whatnot, or will they look more like Matt Ryan and, and have a little bit more of that longevity? And now if those, if a lot of these young talented quarterbacks don't age well, then, you know, that's going to make Matt Ryan's longevity look a lot more unique and a lot more special. But, you know, by the time we get to 2030, some of these guys could be Matt Stafford or Russell Wilson or whatever the case may be, and still considered to be among the top quarterbacks in the leagues could still have better careers over the next decade than what Matt Ryan had, you know, over his years one through 14 or whatever comparative to the Josh Allen's and the Joe Burrows and the Lamar Jackson's at what, et cetera. And then Matt Ryan's career trajectory is going to look a lot less special in that regard. So, you know, the other factor is by 2030, you know, we're going to have 25 years, roughly 25 years of pro football focus data, right? You know, it's dating from 2006 and assuming, you know, that company is still going to be around, but you know, that could be another useful tool in contextualizing player careers uh, beyond just sort of looking at volume stats, not to mention any other advanced stats that are developed at that point over the next decade, not to mention who's going to be voting for the hall of fame, you know, and how that process is going to be 10 years from now. You know, it's impossible to know any of these things at this point in time, which is part of the reason why when I see Falcon fans in 2020 and 2021 kind of obsessing about Matt Ryan's legacy, it just kind of is a waste of energy in my eyes. You know, there's no real reason to worry about 2030, quote unquote, problems in 2021. Now, obviously, that rule doesn't necessarily apply to things that could wind up affecting your daily life. Like, you know, things like, I don't know, climate change, your family, your job, you know, your finances, etc. But, you know, trivial things like, you know, which Falcons quarterback deserves to be a Hall of Famer. You know, I don't know if those should be things that you put at the top of your to-do list of things to worry about and be concerned about today. Again, you can worry about those issues a decade from now. You know, my general philosophy is, you know, don't try not to worry about things that you are beyond your control. Um, and you know, maybe there's a chance when we get to 2032 or something, you know, I am a hall of fame voter and I do have a little bit more control. Who knows? You know, the deadly snake flu, you know, will ravage the world world in 2026. And, you know, then you'll have the Apophis asteroid hit and and decimate the Northern hemisphere in, in 2029. And, you know, maybe I'll be one of the handful of survivors, you know, out there and I wind up defeating, Dave Choate in single-handed combat in Thunderdome to win the favor of cyborg Roger Goodell to become, you know, a hall of fame voter come 2032. And if then, you know, maybe that it'll be something that is at the chief of my mind. And at that point I'll be sort of a jaded old podcaster, you know, and at that point podcast will be beamed directly into your head. Um, but you know, I'll pine for the old days when football players were flesh and blood, and weren't injected in it with nanobots and, and enhanced by cybernetic uh, body parts. And, uh, you know, I'll just be nostalgic for the old days. Yeah, I remember when guys used to get brain damage. Now they don't even have brains. It's just computer chips and servos and gizmos. You know, these, these kids today don't know, you know, when people would get brain damage. Those are the days, right? Now, by the way, that, that, that idea is copyrighted. I'm, I'm working on a book right now. So uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, though, um, you know, I think the better and more relevant the Falcons are moving forward, you know, the more it will enhance Matt Ryan's chances of being a Hall of Famer. But, you know, the less they are, the more it hurts his chances. And right now I would bet money. I probably wouldn't bet a ton of money, but I would bet he'll probably be a Hall of Famer. I just don't know if he's going to be a guy that's going to get in right away. We saw Kurt Warner, you know, go in, I think, on his third ballot. 
Um, and he was a two-time MVP and went to three Super Bowls, uh, uh, basically across a decade-long career as a starter. Um, and at this point, you know, I would guess Matt Ryan's probably not going to get in on his first three ballots. I don't, I don't think he's going to be a, a priority uh, at his current trajectory, but we'll see. You know, maybe we'll have to wait till year four or year five or something for Matt Ryan or, or perhaps beyond. So uh, if we get to 2035 and Matt Ryan's still getting snubbed by voters, then I think that's a, a perfect time for people to be very passionate about Matt Ryan's Hall of Fame status. But until then, you know. Frankly, Scarlett, I don't really give a damn, but uh, there you guys have it. And tomorrow, of course, we'll get into what happened on day one of Falcons training camp. And of course, if you want to send in questions and, uh, you know, get some book ideas for yourself for you to go to self-publish route, of course, you can hit me up on Twitter at Locked on Falcons on Facebook at Locked on Falcons, or you can send an email to Locked on Falcons at mail.com. And before we duck out of here, guys, I do want to let you guys know about the locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy Q, as well as handicapping expert, Lee Sterling of Paramount sports and check out the locked on bets podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. You'll get daily picks, wrong team favored, you know, spreads and Lee's lock of the day. And you can of course subscribe to the locked on bets podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate it guys. Till then.